What's going on, family? Ed Cardoso here. This is my podcast. If you didn't already know, now you know. So I just want to give a quick shout out uh, for everybody that's been coming here from my YouTube. That's primarily where I pump out content. My YouTube is Eduardo Cardoso Media. So I want to go ahead and start this video. And if you haven't checked out the YouTube, make sure to check out the YouTube. And if you came from YouTube, then I just want to say thank you again for all the continuous support. <clears throat> and for those of you that are new here and you uh, somehow managed to make it here, um, it, it's funny because when people ask me why I went to boot camp, you know, I, I stole that line from Jarhead and I just said I got lost on the way to college. So if you got lost here, um, I am a United States Marine Corps veteran. I'm a college student right now. You know, I'm a marketing major with a minor in communications, which I'm actually about to switch. So what I do is give a lot of fitness advice and military advice for individuals who are thinking about joining the military. So if that is you, then you've come to the right place. You got lost at the right place. So without further ado, that's kind of like the longest intro ever. Let's get this thing going, right? So I wanted to talk about why, um, basically why I joined the Marine Corps. And I've talked about this a lot before with, with everybody that comes from the YouTube. So this, this may not be anything new to a lot of you, honestly. So, you know, I'm going to give you a quick background. I'm 26 years old. And I'm from Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. I'm from a small suburb from, of Dallas, Texas. Um, for those of you, you probably, you know, some of you may know a lot about Dallas, some of you may not. Um, when I was growing up there, it, it's nothing like like the way it is right now. So if you recently went to Dallas, you probably noticed that there's a lot of new buildings, a lot of new restaurants, a lot of, you know, it's, 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 it's coming up. It's coming up. Dallas was never terrible, but, you know, there was a lot of little parts of it that weren't necessarily considered good. And if you do know anything about Dallas, then you probably know where Oak, Oak Cliff is. O-A-K Cliff. Oak Cliff. And that's where I'm from, family. I grew up on a, I grew up on a street called Gilpin. So Gilpin was, um, at the time, it was, a, it was a big street. You know, it was a really big street, and there was so many kids on that street, so many families. It seemed like at that time when I was growing up, you know, I was born, uh, I was born in the 90s. So I'm 26, you know, so my childhood was um, was in Oak Cliff, that street, Gilpin, Gilpin. I, I know so many people from Dallas, if I just if I just dropped the word Gilpin, Gilpin Street on my Facebook, I would have so many people responding to it and everybody knew Gilpin Street because the kids of Gilpin Street were always running amok all over the town of Oak Cliff. And so that's kind of where I grew up, you know, it was a safe area, but at the same time, it was one of those areas where... It was easy to to start going down the wrong path, you know, start skipping class, start skipping class to, you know, do things you're not supposed to be, start sneaking out, you know, and, and you know, thinking back about it, thinking back on it, um, my, my elementary school at the time was uh, pre-K through eighth grade. So as, you know, you know, you got eighth graders, you know, who were the people that I was looking up to, you know, and now, you know, middle school, I'm pretty sure it's sixth to eighth grade. It was for me by the time that I got to fifth grade going into sixth grade, I, I went to middle school instead of staying there. So, you know, that's just such a big, that's such a big difference of, of age, you know, for me as a, me as a third grader and a fourth grader to no eighth graders, you know, because I went to school with my aunt, she was in eighth grade, you know, she was always a couple years older than me. So I started knowing some of the older kids and I started seeing, you know, some of the things that I, you know, like some of the, you know, kids making out, little things like that, sneaking out, you know, talking on the phone, you know, I know it doesn't sound bad, but as you can, as you can probably tell, it's easy for a young, young male to easily start wanting to skip school and wanting to, you know, smoke cigarettes or try beer and, 
And, you know, not going to lie, you know, I saw eighth graders, you know, you know, who were getting pregnant. I saw eighth graders, seventh graders who were smoking, you know, smoking weed, drinking 40s. So that's that. It's a good neighborhood. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a great neighborhood to grow up in. There was kids everywhere. There was families everywhere. But it was just so easy to go down the wrong path. And that's ultimately why my, my mom moved us from Oak Cliff, from Dallas, you know, the suburbs of Dallas, a little bit north. So we moved up a little bit north of Dallas, you know, about an hour. It was a little bit more, uh, not going to lie, I'm Hispanic for, for all of you that don't know. I'm Mexican. You know, my family's from Mexico. I was born here. And so we moved into a more predominantly white neighborhood, you know. So me moving there, um, I was kind of like the most Mexican kid for a while. And then, and then I started meeting more Mexican kids. I started meeting a couple black kids. And I just kind of gravitated to them. You know, I kind of gravitated to minorities because that's kind of what I grew up with. You know, I'm not saying I didn't like white people or that I don't like white people because that's definitely not the case. You know, I like everybody. I'm, you know, it's just that I, I grew up, you know, with mostly Hispanic people and mostly, you know, black guys and black girls, you know, you know, minorities, honestly. Because that's just the way Dallas was back then, you know, that's just the truth. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, single anybody out. And as time went on, as as I made more friends in sixth grade, you know, I had a lot of Mexican friends like myself. Um, I started meeting more, you know, obviously I, I can't not meet white people, you know, it's predominantly a white neighborhood. So I started making white friends. And it kind of put me in a weird place, honestly. It kind of put me in a weird place because I had already had all these best friends that were Mexican. And when I started hanging out with the white kids more, they kind of, you know, they kind of almost like got mad at me. You know, they almost kind of turned their back on me. They were like, oh, you know, Ed, like you're, you know, Eduardo, you're, you're whitewashed. You think you're white. You know, you're trying to hang out with, um, you're trying to just hang out with the white boys and the white girls, you know. And that's just what they were saying. You know, we were all young. We... A lot of the Mexican kids that were there were in similar situations as me, where their family had lived a little bit south of where we were, where it was predominantly Mexican, you know, families. And their families, you know, were up and coming. And so they moved, they moved for the same reason my mom moved us. You know, she wanted us to be in a neighborhood where it was going to be less likely for me to get in trouble and see things that, you know, you know, I shouldn't be seeing, you know, that she didn't want me getting into and getting in trouble ultimately. So it was kind of tough, you know, because I grew up Mexican. My family was very traditional Mexican. And I had all these best friends that were Mexican at the beginning of my sixth grade year. And going into seventh grade, you know, I had all these white friends too that I wanted to hang out with, you know. So it was really hard for me to balance uh, hanging out with my white friends and my Mexican friends. I don't know why it was so, so down the middle back then, you know, in sixth grade, you know, I guess in, in the 2000s, early 2000s. But... That's just my little background, you know, that's my background. So um, growing up, getting older, moving into high school, you know, that that all passed. All the Mexican clique, the, the white clique, the black clique, that just kind of, you know, eventually it dissolved. It dissolved, it definitely dissolved in high school. So that's so that's good. Um, but but I was still kind of a bad kid. You know, I was kind of a kid that talked a lot. I was kind of a class clown and I I really was looking for attention, you know. I was looking for attention however I could get it, you know. And, and I think it just it I honestly I think it stems from, you know, I was raised by only my mother. She's an amazing woman. She did a great job and I would never and I would never change that. You know, I would never, you know, wish that I had both parents, you know, because I love my mom and I love her still today. And she's, you know, the best mom that I could ever ask for. You know, I, I, I can't imagine my life without my mom. 
But, you know, living in Dallas, my early childhood, you know, in, into fifth grade, into fifth grade summers when I moved to sixth grade and moved with, you know, the white neighborhood, um, I was still kind of a bad kid, you know, because I had spent all that time leading into fifth grade seeing, you know, sixth graders make out, seeing sixth graders sneak out, eight, seventh graders, eighth graders. So that was kind of already ingrained in my brain a little bit, you know. Those were my, those were my earliest years. That's kind of when I learned everything or not everything, but a lot of things, you know? And so I still had a little sense of that, like wanting to be funny, wanting to be, be, be bad, wanting to be kind of rebellious. And I mean, I think everybody does go through it. You know, you want to kind of rebel a little bit against the norm and your parents and school and society. I, I mean, it's definitely just a teenager thing because I see it even today. And I've seen it in my in my younger siblings. You know, there's a little bit of a rebellion, not as bad as I was, but there's a little bit of that rebellion in kids even today. And so because of that, like my my personality, you know, I was, you know, very outgoing and I was also kind of bad. Um, acting like that in high school got me in a lot of trouble. I ended up getting kicked out of my first high school in, in, in the colony, Texas. I got kicked out of my high school there. And so I had to go to another school. I had to go to a neighboring school. And, you know, there I had a lot better, you know, I kind of changed my mindset, you know, because I was like, okay, I just got kicked out of school. My mom is not happy about it. I need to get it together. And so I did get it together, but it was, it was almost too late. You know, it was almost too late in the sense that I didn't care about school. You know, I, I just did not care about school. You know, I didn't, I didn't like school. I didn't like math. I was good at reading and writing. I was good at history, but you know, I was just really discouraged about school, you know, at the time, you know, I just didn't, I didn't want to go to college. I did want to graduate high school. I knew that 100% that I wanted to graduate high school. That was one of my goals in life at the time was to graduate high school. Um, but I did not want to go to college. It just didn't interest me. You know, nothing about college sounded fun to me. You know, I didn't want to to be perfectly honest, I didn't want to leave my my family. You know, the thought, like thinking about college to me at the time was, oh, I'm going to have to move to a different state and I'm going to have to live away from my family. I'm going to kind of have to be an adult and on my own. And I didn't understand anything about college. You know, I didn't understand you had to pay for college. I didn't understand you had to pay for books, for classes, tuition, you know, room and board. I thought, you know, just one day you finished high school and then you just started going to college. Which obviously, you know, that's not that's not how it works, and I know that now. So that's one of the biggest reasons I didn't want to go to college. You know, I'm Mexican and I'm very family oriented, and I just didn't want to. I didn't want to leave. You know, I didn't want to leave my family. You know, that's that's a big um, that's a big reason, honestly, why I didn't like the Marine Corps in the beginning because I missed my family so much, and that's going to be an issue that y'all come come across, and we'll we'll talk about that in a in later videos. But so. Like I was saying, I went to my new school my my senior year, and the first day I you know I didn't know anybody. I was kind of having like a bad like a bad day from not having friends, you know, walking from class to class, not talking to anybody. No one was talking to me. I didn't know where my classes were, so it was just really really frustrating. So my first day of of high school at my new high school, I kind of made the decision. You know, I, I asked myself, you know, I was like Ed, you know, like you know, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? Like, what are you going to do when you graduate, you know? I was like, you don't have any friends. You got kicked out of your school. You know, your mom's mad at you. You know, I was kind of I was kind of giving myself like a like an ultimatum. You know, I was like, are you going to go to college? And I thought to myself, no. 
And then I was like, well, what are you going to do, man? Like, what are you going to do then? You can't just work at Walmart the rest of your life, you know? That's not that's not going to support your life, you know? And at the time, I really liked um, I really liked nice things. I really liked shoes. I liked nice clothes. I liked nice cars. And the reason that I liked those things was because I didn't have those things. You know, I wasn't, you know, my family isn't as, wasn't as well off as, as they are now. You know, I'm not saying they're rich. I'm not saying they were poor then, but... You know, we had a very big family. You know, my, my grandma and grandpa had, you know, they have my two, my mom and my aunt and my three uncles. And, you know, I have two sisters and my aunts and uncles, they have kids. So we had a big family growing up, you know. So we didn't have a lot right away. You know, we didn't have a lot in the beginning. Now, you know, we're good. We're happy. We're comfortable. But back then, I just, I couldn't just go to the store with my mom or my mom wouldn't just give me $20 for the day, you know, like some kids at my school. And so I didn't have that, you know, so I really liked nice things. So I was like, okay, if you graduate high school, what are you going to do? Because you don't want to go to college. You're not going to be able to afford nice things. So at the time, I really just wanted, I was focusing on money and nice things. And so when I was giving myself that talk on that first day, I was like, well, I was like, well, crap, you know, like you could join the military. And then I was like, okay, what's the military? You know, what is the military? You know, I I thought to myself, okay, I know there's the Marine Corps and I know there's the National Guard. And the only reason I knew about the Marine Corps was because... My entire life, I had seen Marine Corps commercials, you know, the the Marine slaying the dragon, the Marines, you know, the Marine rifle color guard teams, you know, spinning the rifles and all that crazy stuff. And I only knew what the National Guard was because I did meet somebody in in my cooking class, my, my home ec cooking class. And he was 17 years old, going on 18 before we were even going to graduate. And he told me that he joined the National Guard and that he went to National Guard boot camp like the, you know, a couple months ago, the summer before or whatever. He might have already been 18 then. And he already had his DOD cat card, you know. So he was already technically, he was in the National Guard. So, you know, I was Mexican. I wasn't really informed on the military and things like that. You know, my nobody in my family prior to me has ever served. So our family wasn't like patriotic. We didn't like fly a flag, you know, at our house. And, you know, we just really didn't talk about the military because, you know, it didn't concern our, our family. Like our like it didn't, it didn't concern us. It didn't affect us directly, you know, like it didn't affect our house. Obviously, it affected, you know, everything, but it didn't affect our home. <clears throat> so I didn't know anything about it. And the only things I knew about was were the Marines because of all the commercials and all the red and gold stickers everywhere, and the National Guard because of um, I, I believe the guy's name was Ryan. Ryan was the one that was already in the National Guard Reserve, and so I knew about those two. And I thought to myself, uh, I was like, you know, uh, the National Guard doesn't even sound that cool. And honestly, you know, Ryan, if you watch this one day, you know, I, I think I might have you on Facebook as a friend. Um, if you ever watch this and listen to this for some reason, you know, I looked at Ryan and I was kind of like, you don't look too tough, you know, like, and I was like, and I was on the wrestling team at the time and, and I had done sports my whole life. So I was, you know, I kind of had like a cool demeanor and composure about myself. And so when I looked at him, I was kind of like, you know, like the National Guard Reserve can't be that like badass if you're in it, you know what I mean? And so I was just kind of being judgy, you know, I was kind of being a bully and so I was like, well, all right, so definitely not going to join the National Guard Reserve. What about the Marines? That's the only other, you know, branch of service I know. And I thought to myself, what do I know about them? You know, and I was like, okay, 
One, I know that there's movies about Marines, about being badasses, you know, full metal jacket. I know, uh, I know apparently Marine Corps boot camp is supposed to be tough. I've heard that before because, you know, I heard that through the grapevine. You know, I had JROTC at both of my schools, both of my high schools, the one that I got kicked out of and the one that I was at. Um, I had seen a Marine before, you know, I had seen a Marine in his dress blues. And I had seen the Marine recruiter during lunch at my high school. So I had a pretty good idea of what Marines looked like. And they just looked badass, honestly. You know, you cannot tell me you've ever seen a Marine in uniform and didn't think to yourself, like, damn, that dude looks badass, man. And I didn't even, honestly, I didn't even know females could be Marines at the time either. I also didn't know that Marines had any other jobs other than infantry. I thought Marines were infantry. I thought Marine Corps, infantry. That's it. That's it. Said and done. So I was like, well, shit. I was like, I guess, um, I guess I'm going to join the Marines because they're a hell of a lot tougher than the National Guard Reserve, you know, you know, that was an easy, I didn't know, I didn't even know anything about the military and I knew that. And no disrespect to you, Ryan, and any National Guard viewers I have, you know, this is my, my, uh, this is just my train of thought at, at that age, you know, um, so, you know, the, the next day, you know, I did know that there was a recruiting office right next door from my school. Literally across the street, I could throw a rock at the recruiting station. So what I did the next day, you know, I, I, I kind of slept on it, that, which I was surprised I did that. That was kind of a mature thing for me to do at that time because I, I was an idiot. Um, I slept on it. I went to school and I was having another stressful day. You know, I was walking to class, not talking to anybody. I wasn't meeting anybody. So what I did was, because I was, you know, remember what I said, I was kind of like a disobedient kid. I, because my school, it was kind of, to get to some classes, you had to go outside. So during one passing period, when I was walking outside to go to my other school, or my other class, my, my building, my other class, I just walked off campus, you know, I, I, and I drove to school. So I just walked off campus in between one of the passing periods, and I went straight to the recruiting office. Um, and I just remembered that right now, so if you... Um, if you watch me on YouTube, that'll be something interesting to bring up later for y'all. Um, I walked out of school, and this actually wasn't the first time that I did this at my new school. Or this wasn't the last time that I did that. Once I did it that first time, that kind of opened up like the you know Pandora's box, and I started leaving. I started leaving school all the time. Um, but I, after time, I did get lucky, and I stopped leaving school once I started making some friends. You know, I, I started making some really good friends, and they kind of re they really saved my life in high school. You know, because if I would have continued that pattern, you know, walking out of school, I wouldn't have been able to graduate, and I wouldn't have been able to join the Marine Corps. Um, because you do need a high school diploma or a GED or an equivalent, you know, accreditation. So you know, I walked to the recruiter's office, 17 years old, and I told him, you know, I was like, "Hey, man, like." I'm a I'm a senior. I need to I need to take I need to pass these classes and I'm a senior. You know, I'm a senior after I pass these classes. And he said, "All right, good to go." You know, he, he was like, "How old are you?" And I, you know, I was like, "17, you know, sir." And he's like, "Oh, you don't have to call me sir. You just have you can just call me Ramos." And he was actually a staff sergeant. He was staff sergeant Ramos. That was my recruiter. And it's funny because he kind of looks like me, except he was about 6 feet tall. So I can I could really envision myself just the way that he looked, just I could really, you know, I've always gotten high fades. I've always shaved. And so I just his look just like reminded me of what I could be. You know, I was like, I could be a recruiter. You know, I could be successful. You know, I don't have to be a bad kid anymore. So I was trying to change my life. You know, I was really trying to change my life. And I was trying to get that direction. You know, I was trying to give myself a good direction. Um, 
So, you know, obviously he told me that I needed my, my mom's consent and my dad's consent. And I told him, you know, I don't speak to my dad. We're not on speaking terms. And um, he said, okay, so that makes it easier then because now only your mom has to sign off. So that day I went home, I took the recruiting, you know, packet, pamphlet, and my recruiter's number, and he he took me back to school. He actually took me back to school, because um, remember I said I had walked out. I'm, it's all coming back to me now. He took me back to school, you know, he said, hey, you know, well, you should go back to school because you do need that diploma to join, all right? And I was like, all right, man, you know, like, all right, I'll go back. So he dropped me off for my last period, which was... Um, which was like PE or art. I don't remember at the time. It was PE or art for sure. And I went and that's actually, it was art class. It was art class, everybody. And that's when I met my friend, Nathan, Nathan Cavett. And he's the one that like really like changed my last year at that high school. You know, it's because of him that I remember I said I was walking from class to class, this giant high school with literally each class had about 2000, you know, freshman, junior, senior, sophomore, everybody had about 2000 kids. And and because of Nathan, everybody there knew me. I didn't know everybody, but everybody he, – he was so popular at this school and he kind of – it's crazy. He kind of took me under his wing and introduced me to everybody. And everybody that ever saw me was like, hey, like you're Nathan's boy Ed, right? And I was like, yeah, that's my bro. And um, so that was kind of it. Honestly, family, I went home that day. I told my mom about it. You know, I drove home. I had a car. I had a Camaro back then. So, you know, I thought I was really cool back then. You know, remember I told you I only cared about nice things and uh, my shoes and my car were the nicest things I had, you know, and that's all I needed. That's all you needed in Dallas to be cool, you know, nice car, nice shoes, keep them clean, keep your car clean. So I told my mom, um, she wasn't really down with it initially, so there was some convincing I had to do. It took about a week of convincing, maybe two or three, honestly, I don't remember, it was so long ago. Um, but when I initially brought it up, she just shut it down right away, right there and then. She shut it down. She said, I'm your mom. You're 17. You live in my house. No. And so the next day, um, you know, and, and if you're Hispanic or know anything about Hispanic families, you can't really talk back to your mom or she's going to hit you with that chancla, that infamous chancla. So the next day I tried to bring it back up. You know, she's like... I think she actually brought it up. She's like, you're done talking about all that dumb stuff, right? And she was mad. And when she said it, she was still mad. She was like, that dumb stuff. You know, like she was mad. And I was like, well, I don't know. Like, and I and I was like, I really want to do it because like, I don't want to go to school, mom. You know, like, and I, and I told her. And she, my mom, mom, my mom knew I was good at school, but she knew that I didn't like it. And she knew that I was bad at math. I could call my mom right now on speakerphone and ask her how much I like math. I'd be like, hey mom, remember that time? Or I can be like, I could kind of try to trick her and be like, hey mom, you know how much I like math, right? And she'll be like, hell, the, hell not, you don't like math. But I could be like, hey, remember how I told you I like reading, writing, history? And she'd be like, yeah, you've always loved that. I mean, I could even try to trick her and make her think that I like math. And she'd be like, you? No, no, you don't like math. So, you know, she knew I didn't like school, but that I was good at a lot of it other than math. And so I kind of played that card really hard. You know, I played that that I didn't want to go to college. We we, we couldn't afford it, honestly. Um, I know there was like grants and tuition assistance and stuff like that, but I didn't know any of, about any of that, you know? I didn't know how to apply for it. I didn't know how to get scholarships and stuff. Um, so I, I expressed that to her and she was like, you know, you're right. You know, you're right. And we can't 
like, you know, she's like, I don't know how to do that either. You know, my mom's Mexican. She knows, she knows English and Spanish. You know, I'm not saying she doesn't know anything, but at the time she did it, you know, I was her first son and I have two sisters. So, you know, by the time they, they got into middle school and high school, you know, and they needed to go to college, you know, they're in college right now. You know, my mom looked into that stuff and she was more prepared. You know, I have an amazing mother and she worked every single day to support me. And so I'm not blaming her for not having the resources to send me to college because it honestly ultimately fell on me, you know, because I was stressing her out all the time when she was trying to provide for me. You know, I was being a bad kid, getting in trouble, getting kicked out of schools. And all that time, all she wanted was just for me to be successful. So I was kind of really being a bad kid. And now that I'm thinking about it, I feel really bad. Um, so she, we kind of had like a real heart to heart, you know, and she cried and I cried, you know, and I'm about to cry thinking about it. Cause, um, cause, uh, she's all I had, you know, my mom is literally all I had. I'm literally tearing up right now thinking about it. Um, so it was scary, you know, scary because as I told you, I was afraid to leave to college because, um, I was afraid to leave to college because I didn't want to leave my family, you know? And, and then I started thinking about it, you know, I was like, okay, when I joined the Marine Corps, you know, I really am crying now, I'm sorry guys. Um, when I leave the Marine Corps, uh, I'm going to leave my mom, you know, and I don't know when I'm going to see her next, I don't know anything about the Marine Corps, and it sucked, you know, that did suck, it did suck, and that's why I always tell y'all, you know, like the hardest part about boot camp for me was missing my family, you know, was missing my mom, missing my grandma, my aunt, my uncles, and so, you know, the day came, you know, the day came, you know, after she went in there, she signed. And a couple weeks later, I left to MEPS. Um, MEPS sucks, you know, MEPS just sucks. You know, there's no getting in it. There's no getting around MEPS, so, you know, MEPS is just going to suck for everybody. It's not fun. No one at MEPS is nice to you. It seems like no one at MEPS, even the people that you talk to for the Marine Corps, the Army, whatever branch you join, it seems like nobody even wants to help you. It just seems like everybody's kind of there to discourage you, honestly, but they're not. They're there to help you. So, um, you know, I did that. I joined the Marine Corps, you know, a couple months later. Summer came. I, you know, I finished finished high school. I went to my graduation. I didn't even want to go to my graduation. I really just did it for my mom, um, you know, so she could watch me graduate and, and walk with my class and take some pictures. Um, but it was a uh, – my mom basically had to twist my arm to make me go to graduation and uh, it was a struggle for her. I remember it and I'm sorry mom if you're listening to this that I was uh, such a bad kid, I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, I left for the Marine Corps during the summer. I left in July, just a couple days before my sister's birthday, my little oldest sister's birthday. Um, and so that was hard too, you know, that was hard. Because for me, you know, I'm a huge family and I was raised around family and Family is the world to me, you know, that's all you have at the end of the day. You know, it doesn't matter if you and your family don't get along. That's that's the only those are the only people that are that are, are supposed to care for you no matter what, even if you're a freaking turd like I was, you know. And so I'm happy they didn't give up on me. And they didn't understand why I wanted to join the Marines. And I get it, because they didn't want me to get hurt. They didn't want me to, you know, die, you know. And so that's why they gave me such a hard time on joining. You know, they questioned it a lot, actually. And it makes sense because I wasn't the man that I am now. You know, I wasn't even a man then. You know, I wasn't a man when I was 17. I wasn't a man when I was 18. I wasn't a man. I honestly don't even think I was a man until I came back from my first deployment, man. I, I wouldn't even consider myself a man until after that, you know, until I was on that deployment. So for me, my rite of passage to become a man 
wasn't even finishing boot camp. You know, I didn't even know what being a man was. I didn't even know what kind of man I was. And and I think the moment I really knew that I was a man was on my first appointment. You know, not the first day, but somewhere in my first appointment, I knew I was a man. You know, I knew that I had earned that respect from my peers, my seniors, my bosses, my family. I knew that that moment, I knew that that moment I was a man. You know, that was kind of it for me. I was, I was a man. I, I could call myself a man. I was, I think I turned 20. I'm pretty sure I turned 20 on that deployment. Maybe 19. I don't even remember. It's, it feels like, like so long ago. I feel like uh, I, I always had birthdays, either deployed or in the field. Um, so those years, those birthdays are, are so, so blurry, you know, um, they all kind of mash together. So that's kind of my story, honestly, guys, of why I joined the Marine Corps, you know, I was kind of heading down the wrong direction. You know, I was taken out of my, my, like kind of my bad environment and I, and I still carried a lot of those, a lot of those like bad environment, you know, qualities with me and I just couldn't shake them. And I knew that that's not who I wanted to be as a man, as an adult. I knew I didn't want to be, I knew, I looked at kids that were worse than me. You know, I'm not saying, you know, I was a saint. I'm not saying I was a criminal, but I just looked at kids that were worse than me that were already on the fast track, basically. Kids that were on the fast track of the direction that, that I was going. And um, I knew that I didn't want that. I knew I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to get arrested. I didn't want to do drugs. I knew that that just wasn't who I wanted to be. And that's why I joined the Marine Corps family. And and people ask me if I would do it again. People ask me all the time if I would do it again. And I, I, 100%, I, I have to say that I would do it again. Because, you know, like I've been telling you, it made me the person that I am now. It made me a lot tougher. And and sometimes it's, I think it's a good thing. Sometimes I think it's a bad thing. You know, I, I'm happy that I'm tough. Because I have a lot of, uh, you know, I have mental toughness, I have physical toughness, there's a lot of different kinds of toughness, and you'll definitely learn if you join the Marine Corps, or any branch, you know, mental toughness, physical toughness, and, you know, just I have tough skin, you know, somebody can yell at me, and I kind of take it with a grain of salt, you know, I kind of am like, alright, like, you just yelled at me, I'm not even mad at you, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna fix whatever it is that I'm getting yelled at, you know, because that's how the Marine Corps works, you know, they yell at you when they're telling you what to fix and what to get better at, and only at boot camp do you kind of take it personally, but after that, you know, you're just a, you're just a tougher person, and that's it, family, I'm gonna go ahead and end it here, because I, I, I kind of went on longer than I intended to, so thank you for those of you that came from YouTube, and sorry, uh, sorry you had to hear me cry, Jesus fucking Christ, uh, sorry, 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 mom, uh, using the Lord's name in vain. Sorry that you had to hear that. Um, all right, guys. All right, family. Thank you so much. Um, and I'm here for you if you have any questions. And for my family and friends that are watching, you know, I love y'all. Thank you so much. Gotta go.